Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. What an action-packed AMA we have for you. Jazane Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, do masks work? Dr. Fauci, are police officers allowed to do awful things to their detainees? And so much more. I want to thank those of you that are supporters of The Charlie Kirk Show. Please consider going to charliekirk.com slash support. For monthly supporters, please come in up tomorrow. We have a monthly supporter call just for you at charliekirk.com slash support, charliekirk.com slash support. Please email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. And right now, type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review. And when you do that, and screenshot it to us at freedomatcharliekirk.com and email it to us, I should say, you can win a signed copy of The Maggot Doctrine. New York Times bestseller. What an episode this is. Listen, share, learn, grow, and email us at freedomatcharliekirk.com. Buckle up. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Thrilled to be back answering your questions. Ask me anything. I'm taking your questions that you have emailed me at freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if I select your question, you get a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, New York Times bestseller, signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. America's ready to get back to work, but to win in the new economy, you need every advantage to succeed. Smart companies run a NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. I put my name totally behind NetSuite. It's terrific. With NetSuite, you'll have visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more, everything you need all in one place. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales, NetSuite lets you manage every penny with precision. You have the agility to compete with anyone, work from anywhere, and run your whole company right from your phone. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to make it happen. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. Receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Kirk. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Kirk. netsuite.com slash Kirk. This is from Marquise from Louisiana. Charlie, what are your thoughts on Ghislaine Maxwell? The S is silent, by the way. And everything going on around her situation with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you think any major politicians will be implicated in her trial? And is it a coincidence that the judge waited until after the election to schedule a trial? Love your show. Thank you. I think this is a bombshell. I hope that every single one of the worthless pedophiles that went down to Jeffrey Epstein's island gets tried and gets put in prison for the rest of their life. And that includes Bill Clinton, and that might include people that we might like on the right. We don't know everyone involved in these sorts of schemes. 
But Jelaine Maxwell, if she's able to stay alive long enough before the trial and she doesn't commit suicide or she gets suicided, then I think that we need to have a serious conversation about how the ruling class exploits the most vulnerable amongst us. In my opinion, there's nothing more disgusting than getting on a private jet to fly to a private island to be able to exploit children. And this is something that Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell did almost professionally. I mean, he was nothing more than a high-priced, let's say, arranger for underage women with, for the ruling class of the world, including the British royal family. And so do I think that any major politicians will be implicated? Well, if she actually tells the truth and she isn't thwarted from testimony, I think they will be. And I think that more prosecutions will follow. And I think that she might enter a very big plea deal that will result in the ruling class of the world to actually be held accountable for their unspeakable sins against the most innocent around us, around people that have, around children that had no say in this situation. And it really is a sickness and something that we have learned recently with the Jeffrey Epstein files that are coming out and with testimony is how demented the ruling class is when they think they can traffic and take advantage of young children. So it's hard to make predictions. I sure hope anyone who engaged in that even remotely or tangentially is fully and completely convicted, prosecuted and convicted. Strangely, Alan Dershowitz wrote a very bizarre piece in defense of Ghislaine Maxwell. And I know Alan Dershowitz. I think Alan Dershowitz is generally a very fair person. But Alan Dershowitz wrote this piece in the Spectator USA called The Ghislaine Maxwell I Know. Like every other arrested person, she must be presumed innocent. In this piece, he talks about her in a favorable light and says that we must keep an open mind. Now, I'm not trying to jump to any conclusions here. I'm not trying to present anything as inside information that I know something that you don't know, but it is awfully suspicious that Alan Dershowitz, who did fly on the Lolita Express down to the special island where the children were being sex trafficked and the ranch in New Mexico where children were being sex trafficked, as Ghislaine Maxwell, who was basically the maestro and the architect behind all this, why he would go out of his way to defend her. Why would he go out of his way to try and write a piece that is close to defending her? And Part of the piece is trying to say that we should allow people to be presumed innocent until proven guilty. I agree with that completely. This is a very serious issue in our country with very credible witnesses. And Alan Dershowitz in this piece tries to destroy the credibility of those people. And maybe they're, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I do believe in due process. I'm not saying that Ghislaine is necessarily guilty. However... I think if you think that Jeffrey Epstein did not engage in nefarious child sex trafficking, something of which he was already prosecuted and convicted and served jail time for and got a pled down sentence and that Ghislaine Maxwell had nothing to do with it. I mean, come on. Now, the extent of it and how good of a legal team she has all remains to be seen. However, this this could really unravel the nefarious practices of how the political class finds ways to pleasure themselves with young children. And if that disgusts you, it absolutely should. I mean, that is probably one of the most evil things a human being can do. And there is no tolerance for this at all whatsoever. And we need to arrest every single person that had knowledge of this, that covered up about it, that engaged in it. It is one of the most disgusting things imaginable. Now, 
incorrectly and inaccurately, people try to loop Donald Trump into this entire narrative. Here's a fun fact. Donald Trump hated Jeffrey Epstein. Donald Trump was bitter enemies with Jeffrey Epstein. Donald Trump threw Jeffrey Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago because Jeffrey Epstein was preying on the young pool girls that were under the age of 18. And Donald Trump saw him do that and kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago and said Mar-a-Lago is no place for predators or pedophiles. While certain people conjecture and try to loop Donald Trump into this because Donald Trump happened to be photographed with Jeffrey Epstein, one of the most evil human beings that has existed in the modern era, it is completely and categorically untrue. In fact, Donald Trump and his administration have done more to try and clamp down and criminalize on the unspeakable evil of child sex trafficking, actually empowering ICE, Immigration, Customs and Enforcement, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and all the instruments of government to go after this horrendous, horrific, graphic crime. Justice has to come. We need to see people in prison, not just Ghislaine Maxwell. I was surprised to see her arrested because I thought, like all members of the ruling class that tend to be on the Democrat side, they're going to get away with it. And I'll be honest, I'm starting to actually see people get served some justice in the last week. I actually have a lot more hope in my justice system today than we did two weeks ago or even a week ago. And this is example number one, Ghislaine Maxwell. Example number two is Mike Madigan. Mike Madigan is the Speaker of the House of the state of Illinois, the most corrupt, most bankrupt state in the entire country. My former home state grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and in Wheeling, Illinois. The House Speaker in Illinois, Mike Madigan, who has been basically looped into a federal corruption probe. Now, Mike Madigan has served in the Illinois House of Representatives almost twice as long as I've been alive. He's been there for 50 years. That's right. He's been there for 50 years. There has been federal investigation after federal investigation into Mike Madigan, who everyone in Illinois agrees is the most corrupt figure in the entire state. He is nothing more than a Gambino crime family cartel mob boss. So I encourage you right now, take out your phone and check out House Speaker Mike Madigan's story. He is he had power over Obama. He had power over J.B. Pritzker. He has power over Dable Axelrod. He has run the Chicago mob machine for decades. And now he has been directly looped into a federal investigation involving ComEd, Commonwealth Edison, which is an Exelon company. Now, ComEd is the utility provider for the entire state of Illinois. They set utility rates. And it is signaled that Mike Madigan and his affiliates and his allies actually received over $1 million in cash bribes from ComEd itself. So now ComEd is implicated in this federal investigation. And Mike Madigan, the Speaker of the House of Illinois, this could be the beginning of the end of the House of Cards of Illinois. And I'm very optimistic about this because this federal indictment, I mean, my goodness, I'm cautiously optimistic. Let me be even more clear because it says that the the federal indictment points to public official A, which then goes to say it's the Speaker of the Illinois House. Well, that's only one person. It's only been one person for 20 years. And this is not insignificant. This actually might go to show that the Department of Justice under President Trump is going to try and rear out every single form of corruption in our entire society. And that is exactly what should be done. And look, there's been many times when Mike Madigan has been under fire before, and some of the Democrats are taking a wait-and-see approach. And J.B. Pritzker, the spoiled trust fund kid who became governor of Illinois, has 
condemned Mike Madigan and said bad things about him and whatever. But until Mike Madigan goes into jail, Illinois cannot totally heal. And that's not the least of what he has done. Mike Madigan is the most blatantly and brazenly corrupt person to serve in leadership of any state-based political position in the last 30 or 40 years. Um, The Daily Herald just issued an op-ed, which is the local Chicago suburban newspaper, said editorial, it can be denied no longer. Speaker Madigan must go. Yes, I have to say, America might be burning. We might be losing our history. I've been fighting against this cartel member since I got involved in politics in 2009. And instead of seeing him die gracefully in his chair as some sort of stoic Speaker of the House that ruled Illinois with an iron fist, I would love to see Mike Madden go the way of Rod Blagojevich, of George Ryan, and go to prison for a very long time. In fact, I hope for the rest of their life. Or like Denny Hassert, who is a child molester, former Speaker of the House from Illinois as well. Illinois is one of the most corrupt, broken states in the entire country. And it's too bad because Illinois has some of the greatest people in all of America. I grew up there. I grew up around them. I share a lot of the value system of suburban Chicago, which is a hard work, faith-centered community. But if you look at the politicians that Illinois has created, Hillary Clinton went to Maine East High School in the suburbs of Chicago. Barack Obama is a creature of the Chicago political system. Saul Alinsky, David Axelrod, Mike Madigan, who's probably hopefully going to jail, Penny Pritzker, who was the main financier behind Barack Obama, and so on and so forth. Now, Illinois does have two other pretty good people that have come from our state. Ronald Reagan, born and raised in Illinois, in Eureka, Illinois, and Abraham Lincoln, not born in Illinois, but did serve in Congress in Illinois, and of course end up, ended up becoming president of the United States. So keep a close eye on this story in Illinois. The media, the activist media, is going to try to not cover this. He is probably the most powerful political figure you've never heard of. Illinois is one of the biggest states in the entire country. It has incredible amounts of power. And Mike Madigan controls the entire state, no different than a godfather boss out of a movie. And if Mike Madigan falls with it, an extraordinary amount of other power systems in Democrat politics will fall. Now, interestingly enough, Mike Madigan was never investigated by the former attorney general of Illinois. Do you know why the former attorney general of Illinois never investigated him? Well, it was his daughter, Lisa Madigan. I mean, you literally can't make this up. In the state of Illinois, if you're not getting investigated by the feds and you're not getting investigated by the state, it's because you paid someone off or you might be related to the other. It is the Gambino crime family. So for those of us in Illinois that care about the future of our republic, This might be the beginning of the end for one of the most corrupt, hopeless, disastrous, and corrosive political forces in America. The radical, institutional, corrupt left led by Mike Madigan. And I sure hope he leaves in handcuffs very, very soon. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service. To have all your videotapes, camcorder tapes, Film, reels, and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or cloud. I love Legacy Box. All my family's archives, my ancestors that fought in the Civil War and that fought in the Revolutionary War, now I have all their pictures on Legacy Box. Are your family's memories trapped on an old camcorder, tape, or film reels? Was your favorite childhood memory caught on film or videotape and maybe it disappeared and you're regretful for that? Well, do something about it by going to Legacy Box. 
It's LegacyBox.com slash Charlie and get 40% off your first order. You just mail it in, they catalog it, send all of the originals back to you, and a digital file. Do you need to rescue your recorded memories but haven't had any time to know where to start? Do you want these irreplaceable moments forever? Have them digitally preserved so they stand the test of time and can be passed down for generations to come. Get back perfectly preserved digital copies on a thumb drive. It's LegacyBox.com slash Charlie. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive art offer. Send in when you're ready. LegacyBox.com slash Charlie. Save 40% while supplies last. So next question is from Jill from Austin. Charlie, I just filed my taxes for the first time as a working adult. Congratulations. I graduated in the spring of 2019. My return was good, but it was still depressing to see how little I got back compared to what I paid in all year. Would it be worse if Joe Biden was elected? What would tax day look like under a Biden administration? Thank you so much. So look, if you are paying taxes, then yes, it will absolutely get worse. In fact, Joe Biden has said the first thing he would do is repeal the Trump tax cuts, making it clear that his priority is raising taxes on American families and business owners. You don't believe me? Send this to your friends who are complaining about taxes that also say BLM and Democrats forever. Play tape. And the fact of the matter is, there is plenty, plenty of money to go around. The first thing I would do as president was eliminate the president's tax cut. You see, Biden's $4 trillion tax hike is more than double what Hillary Clinton proposed. Biden's tax plan will shrink the economy by 1.5% and kill 585,000 jobs. More than 80% of Americans would see a tax hike under Joe Biden's plan. Americans will have higher household costs for heating and cooling if Biden implements his carbon tax. And middle-income Americans will also pay higher utility bills every single month if Biden repeals the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. American jobs will be shipped overseas because Biden's plan to hike U.S. corporate tax rate higher than the rate in communist China. And Biden's promise to reinstate Obamacare's individual mandate will disproportionately hurt low-income Americans. And so it's really interesting when young socialists actually are forced to go get a job and start to pay taxes, they all of a sudden become less socialist and they wonder where all that money they are sending is actually being spent. It's very easy to be generous with other people's money. And if you're, if you're looking out for your own resources and you say, oh, my goodness, I want lower taxes, it's true. It's right. It's why you should be a conservative. It's why you should vote generally for Republicans if they actually stand for lower taxes and they stand for free enterprise. Because we say at Turning Point USA that taxation is theft, and it's absolutely correct. The government abuses and misuses your funds on a daily basis. There is a fourth branch of government that has been created that is unelected, unknown, and has unchecked amounts of power over the rest of our country. And that is what you're funding with your hard-earned tax dollars. So if Joe Biden is elected president, your paychecks will be smaller, your tax returns will be higher, your job opportunities will be far less, and your willingness and your capacity to be able to succeed in a free economy will be all but evaporated. Next question from Claire from Pendleton. Charlie, I heard a question on here a couple weeks ago, I think, and I have another idea. If all 100 U.S. senators competed in a modern-day version of Hunger Games, who do you think would emerge victorious? Thanks and love your show. It's a new twist on a fun question. Out of all the U.S. senators, I think Tom Cotton would be pretty hard to beat in the Hunger Games competition. Uh, he served in our military overseas, and I think that if it was an actual, legit Hunger Games po- competition, I think Tom Cotton would be pretty, uh, pretty difficult to beat in that kind of hand-to-hand combat. Thank you, Claire from Pendleton. Always love the lighthearted questions. You guys can email me, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. 
Here's a question from Brian from Kentucky. Hey, Charlie, schools, mind you, even private schools that I pay thousands of dollars to send my kids to are radically indoctrinating students. I think kids should go back to school, too. But is there a price to pay for that in terms of indoctrination? Love your show and thank you. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Well, I want to tell you about one example of friends of mine in a private prestigious school in Indiana. Uh, They just sent this to me. It's a reading list that includes titles like How to Be Anti-Racist and, quote, Why Do All Black Kids Sit Together in the Cafeteria and Other Conversations About Race. This is a very difficult conversation for parents to have. And my opinion is this, is that there is a breaking point that has to be met. And I think we're at this breaking point of where even a, quote, unquote, elite private school is not worth the nonsense and the indoctrination and the steady stream of falsehoods and misleading innuendo should continually be pushed upon young people. And so if you are paying massive amounts in tuition for your kid to go to a private school or a private boarding school, maybe it's a middle school, maybe it's a high school, and they are teaching this kind of nonsense, I encourage you to take your child out of that school if it makes sense for you. I am very careful not to give specific advice because I don't know every circumstance. Maybe there's a sports team that means a lot to you. Maybe you have friends and maybe it's not as bad as it might seem and maybe it's just one classroom. I understand all of that. But you know on a gut level, and I'm sure you know instinctively, and I actually trust our listeners to make very good decisions, and it's important to recognize and realize that these schools need you. As soon as a couple parents start to pull their kids out because of what this nonsense stands for and this just complete and total rubbish. For example, at George Washington University, they are urging their students to read conservatism and racism, why in America they are the same. So at George Washington University, they are teaching that conservatism and racism are exactly the same thing. So for those of you that, like, well, do I have to send my kid to college? Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. If they're able to survive as a conservative and it's worth them going into debt and there's a reason why they're going to go into debt and what they're going to study, and that will lead them to have a more meaningful, happy, directed, and moral life, then absolutely. But my one piece of advice is this, is come from the position when you talk about college that college has to be something you build the argument towards, not something you have to deconstruct the argument from. What do I mean by that? You should start from the assumption that your kid is not going to college, and then prove the affirmative of why they should go to college. And if you're able to prove that, then absolutely send them to college. From my opinion, do not start from the argument that my kid is going to college no matter what, and then I'm going to have to prove it to the opposite. I think that's actually a really bad idea. I think it's a bad idea for a variety of reasons, but also that means you're already starting from the position that the colleges have the negotiating power. That means you're starting from the position that the colleges are necessary for your child's development and for their future. You know, I got in a kind of heated conversation at an event I did where an individual said, my kid is going to college no matter what. I know you didn't go to college, but my kid will be going to college and our kids are going to college. There's nothing about it. I said, that's fine. Obviously, you have the freedom to do that. You have the liberty to do that. God bless you and God bless our country to be able to have you to have the capacity to be able to do that. However, If you just come from that presupposition that my kid is going to college no matter what, then you are basically at the mercy of the entire college system to hopefully and maybe 
and God willingly be able to conform to something that doesn't completely indoctrinate or steer our entire generation in a very pernicious, malevolent, and dangerous direction. And so I look at the entire college landscape, and put very simply, we have a generation of young people that are borrowing money they do not have to study things that mostly do not matter to find jobs that don't exist. And in the high school environment or in these private schools, the indoctrination is starting younger and younger, where young people are not being taught the values of free enterprise or American exceptionalism or of a free society. Instead, they're being taught the exact opposite. They're being taught of victimhood. They're being taught anti-Americanism, anti-West ideas. You should always ask, here's a good question to ask. You're like, well, Charlie, I don't really know. Is your child growing in appreciation and gratitude for the United States of America? Is your child coming home asking thoughtful questions about how this country was formed? Is your child coming home from college more or less interested and enthused about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington? Is your child coming home from school and they are more likely to make moral decisions and the people around them are making moral decisions, whether it be a high school environment or a middle school environment? Is your child coming home from college and they are able to tell you the difference between free enterprise and socialism and list three countries that have flourished because of free enterprise and three countries that have failed because of socialism? Is your child able to tell you if they go to college the difference between John Locke and Jean-Jacques Rousseau? Is your child, if they go to college, able to come home and tell you the difference between Marxism and free market capitalism? Is your child, if they come home from college, able to tell you What happens when a country no longer respects private property rights, no longer recognizes freedom of speech? Is your child, when they come home from college, more or less likely to want to hear dissenting and differing points of view, regardless of their political philosophy? These are very important questions that you should be asking on a daily basis as parents. And for young people that listen to this podcast, here are some questions for you. Are you being challenged on a daily basis to grow in deeper appreciation of the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world? Do you feel like you are getting the fullest picture possible around the founding of our country? The good, the bad, the ugly, the imperfect, and the heroic? Are you able to say that our country was not actually founded on slavery, but founded on the idea of eradicating slavery, which is one of the biggest lies that is taught in our schools, that actually there was a slavery moratorium that was passed in the constitutional compromise that was eventually signed by Thomas Jefferson in 1807. And this is something that our schools do not teach. And this is something that our schools intentionally deflect and disengage on. In fact, on December 2nd, 1806, in his annual message to Congress, widely reprinted in most newspapers, President Thomas Jefferson denounced the, quote, violations of human rights attending to the international slave trade and called for its criminalization on the first day possible due to the United States Constitution, January 1st, 1808. So Thomas Jefferson was an abolitionist. Thomas Jefferson, despite owning slaves, was actually the one that was focused on ending the slave trade and ended up releasing his slaves on his deathbed. Did you know that in March 22nd, 1794, Congress passed the Slave Trade Act, which prohibited making, loading, and outfitting, equipping, or dispatching of any ship to be used in the trade of slaves, essentially limiting the trade to foreign ships? Did you know that on August 5th, 1797, John Brown of Providence, Rhode Island, became the first American to be tried in federal court under the 1794 law? 
So in 1797, when our country was just brand new, we were already trying people for violating federal law for engaging in the slave trade. Brown was convicted and was forced to forfeit his ship, Hope, to the United States government. Did you know that on March 2nd, 1807, an act was called in front of Congress and was passed to prohibit the importation of slaves into any part of a place in the jurisdiction of the United States from and after the first day of January in the year of the Lord 1808? Thomas Jefferson signed the bill enthusiastically into law. So these are some questions you should ask yourself. Are your teachers okay with you being a Trump supporter? Are your friends ridiculing and bullying you because of something that you believe? If the answer to that question is yes, then you should probably find another environment. It's probably not growing you in the depths of the great teachers of Western society and why our country is indeed a blessing from God and why we need to preserve and protect it. And for alumni out there, is your university creating fruit Is it creating graduates that are more or less likely to become involved in BLM protests? If you're an alumni, ask yourself, is your university producing people that are shooting fireworks on July 4th and wrapping themselves in the American flag, or are they tearing down statues on July 4th? Because the Ivy League schools, they're, of course, tearing down statues. For alumni out there, ask yourself the question, are there professors and administration that are tolerating, inciting, and even supporting violence against conservatives? Are they denouncing and defending the weak against the abusive strong? For parents out there, another question for you. Do you believe that if your child did not have the opportunity to come home and hear from you, that if they heard only what they heard at school, in middle school or high school, do you think that would develop them into fully mature human beings with the entire picture? These are questions that I encourage all of you to ask yourself on a daily basis, if not a week, hope maybe at the very least a weekly basis. Because the education of our children is one of the most important things that Republicans and conservatives have ignored for decades. The homeschooling revolution, in my opinion, we need to double the amount of people that homeschool their kids over the next five years. Double it. We need to be more financially supportive of people that homeschool their kids. We need to go out of our way to try to support people that want to homeschool their children, get behind them, put our arm around them, and say, we, we want you to homeschool your kids. We are going to help you homeschool your kids. What can we do to help make this happen? And churches need to do a much better job of this. Churches should be the ones that are stepping up and financially supporting families to help pay for textbooks, hey, help pay for bills here and there that might want to support their children be homeschooled in that environment. I think one of the ways that we can solve some of these systemic root causes in America that just embrace leftism and Marxism is by exploding and expanding the homeschooling population in our country and supporting parents to get involved on a daily and hourly basis of what their kids are learning, why they are learning it, and the ideas that built Western society and built this entire civilization that we just take for granted. So I do really appreciate the question. And I take that very seriously. These are very important questions to ask. And this is why we have the project at Turning Point USA, divestu.com. That is divestu.com. And we also have professorwatchlist.org to give you the information that you need to be able to know about professors, teachers, and other individuals that are abusing their power. And I think one of the most important struggles that is happening right now is we are seeing the people in positions of influence in corporate America, in media, in Hollywood, in government, and elsewhere, the positions of where you would call them they're the strong, abusing the weak. That is one of the most evil things someone can do. If you are in a position 
where you've been granted some form of strength, whether it be strength of title, strength of authority, or lots of responsibility, and you use that power to abuse others or to intimidate or bully others, that needs to be stopped. That is an act of immorality. And we as conservatives and we as Americans need to stand up against any individual that is being exploited because problems that are not confronted multiply. When we allow injustice to occur, it'll metastasize and grow into every single sector and corner of our society. So please answer those questions and feel free, of course, to go back you know, a couple minutes when I was asking those questions about what kind of school are you going to? What are you paying for? And for students out there, another question to ask yourself, is it worth having to pay off a large principle of student debt to learn to hate America? Now, maybe it is. Maybe it is worth going into debt so you can become an engineer and you'll endure how to hate America and the best practices of the hatred of Western society. Maybe that's worth it. Or maybe you should take a gap year before going to college. Maybe you should work somewhere else in the entrepreneurial field. I think that we need to be more creative, more exciting, and more imaginative with our young people, not just this copy-paste, almost robotic, industrialist mentality that everyone must go to a four-year institution borrow a bunch of money they do not have to study things that are questionable at best to just go into the same sort of corporate America job. There is so much mental energy in our country that is not being used or deployed or utilized correctly. It's because we're sending them to our universities where dreams go to die. We send them to our universities where aspirations disappear. We send them to our universities where you learn bitter resentment for the future of our republic. Instead, let's liberate the American mind. Let's give young people permission to create, to take risks, and be able to continue this incredible gift that we have been given. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making its way back with UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way, and BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. Do you need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device. Join right now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online wagering expert. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget that promo code podcast one for your sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get a next question here. Juan from Florida. Charlie, I heard you talk about Dr. Fauci and how he's wrong about everything. To explain what exactly he's been wrong on and why we can't trust him. Well, I'm not saying he's wrong about everything. He's been wrong about basically everything. Uh, first, he said that we shouldn't wear masks, then we should wear masks. And the science on that is very debated on both sides and he just decides declaratively that he has to go all in on it he's been wrong on the charts of death rates he's been wrong on infection rates he was the one that was actually early on in the pandemic that said that this wasn't even a big deal and this was under control play tape so right now don't worry about it be more concerned about influenza which is going into a second peak for the season than coronavirus so he went from nonchalantly saying that this is no big deal to now saying it's like the greatest pandemic ever and we have to shut everything down. Now, to give him, I guess, the benefit of the doubt, maybe he didn't know and maybe we've never seen anything like this. Well, then say that. Then don't go out and say we know exactly what this is. Instead, he should say we don't know. And I'm not trying to, you know, trying to alarm everyone, but we need to learn more about it. Dr. Fauci is a highly conflicted individual. 
in, in many ways. He sits on lots of boards that produce vaccines. He sits on lots of different boards that are actually involved in the procurement of our tax dollars towards a lot of this equipment and a lot of the medical research that is happening. And so Dr. Fauci, in my opinion, has had an outsized influence. He's not an economist. He's not a business person. And he's definitely not someone that cares about people being able to gather religiously or spiritually. And we basically abdicated our entire decision-making process and decision-making matrix to someone who basically says, go and hide and run from the virus and hope it doesn't catch you. Well, that's not sustainable. That's not moral. That is foolish and actually ended up killing more people through alcoholism, suicide, and other related means. And the final numbers will come out. But we have seen an increase in suicide. We have seen an increase in alcoholism. We have seen an increase in drug usage and other parts of our society that, unfortunately, you know, we have tolerated far too long. These lockdowns have been the worst decisions I could possibly think of, especially these one-size-fits-all lockdowns where we just put everything in all in one, that everyone who is in a very diverse country of age and demographically and so on and so forth, that everyone must behave the exact same. It's been an incredible mistake. It has broken the back of the Trump economy, which was the greatest economy in American history, and now we have to fight to regain it, and I believe we will under President Trump's leadership. But the lockdowns were a massive mistake, and that is because of Dr. Fauci, this incredibly radical and unproven idea that we can shelter in place. The entire American society was never tried before, and it should never be tried again. And Dr. Fauci's lack of apology and lack of willingness to engage in the conversation that maybe he made a mistake, to me, is actually reprehensible and repulsive. I've actually privately consulted with a doctor and a scientist who privately have told me, and they say this publicly now, and um, you know, you're, we're going to have them on their podcast hopefully soon, that say masks actually do more harm than good for the immune system, that it lowers your air circulation, which makes you more likely to be infected and actually makes you breathe your own air, which even if you might have a, let's say, not yet activated strain of the Chinese coronavirus, that could actually activate it. And it also makes you far less likely to develop herd immunity for certain portions of the population that we should basically say uh, should develop herd immunity. And so Dr. Fauci, not a fan, someone that I've spoken out against quite a lot. And I think that we need to uh, say that more often, more clearly when people get things wrong. And I also don't like the absolute ubris and cockiness that he takes about himself as if he is God's gift to modern science. Dr. Fauci, I hope that you retire and stay away from the entire central planning industry because you've done an incredible amount of damage for so many people in our country. Here's a question from Taylor from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, again, Taylor from Phoenix, Arizona, for asking this question. You get a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. And before I answer this question, I want to thank those of you that are supporters of our program, charliekirk.com slash support. Coming up on Tuesday, we have our private call for all of you supporters at charliekirk.com slash support. It's a Zoom call for those of you that support us at charliekirk.com slash support on a monthly basis. So please consider doing that before our private call on Tuesday, charliekirk.com slash support. Here's the question from Taylor. Charlie, what is your take on the president's promise of a road to citizenship to DACA immigrants. He said that he was going to get rid of DACA. I'm not sure I'm on board with granting illegal citizenship with millions of Americans out of work. I am completely, categorically, and totally against DACA. I am against treating foreign nationals that are here illegally and granting them citizenship absolutely and wholeheartedly. And so people say, well, Charlie, they didn't come here on their own. Yeah, I, I agree. So the people that brought them here should assume the responsibility of making sure that when they get deported, they go back to their home country. 
it's either you have a rule of law or you don't. You don't get to pick and choose which laws you want to enforce. And we have on the books that there was federal law broken. And I'm actually of the opinion when a foreign national is in our country, which is what these illegals are in our country, when they are in America and they harbor themselves here, they don't just break the law once when they cross the border. They break the law every day they are here illegally. You know, the term undocumented is a very effective linguistic leftist term to make it seem as if illegals and foreign nationals lost their paperwork in the airport entering our country. Like, oh, I'm undocumented. I lost it in the mail. No, you committed a crime. And the most humane thing we can do instead of putting you in our prison is escorting you back to your country so that you can improve the country you came from. And if you want to come here legally, apply, get in line like everyone else across the world has to do. But just being able to cut in line because your proximity to the greatest wealth-creating engine in the history of the world and the most moral country ever to exist on the planet, just because you're close by, that does not mean you get preferential treatment. And it certainly does not mean you get preferential treatment for you to be able to for you to be able to leapfrog over those people that have been waiting patiently in line for decades. Now, the Democrats do not want to do anything with immigration. They want to keep things the way they are in the illegal immigration community because they need those potential votes and use it as a perpetual political issue. Republicans want it. Traditional corporate establishment Republicans want it so that they can use the influx of cheap labor to be able to bring down American wages and dilute the labor market, both of which are bad. And it's really interesting, like the corporate Republicans that want to give DACA amnesty, do they really think that all of a sudden all these people that they are bringing into this country for cheap labor are going to be long-term Republican voters? Really? I mean, that, that's their position, that that's going to make our country safer, stronger, and more secure. And so I'm very disheartened by how the Republican Party has routinely and continually decided to be very weak on the issue of immigration. And we have a, we have a compromised country because of it. And so I don't know the exact and specific policy prescription, except that we need to make sure no more illegals are coming into the country first. And secondly, you know, make it very clear you got to go back to your country that you fled and you left illegally. If you wanted to gain entry, we allow a million people legally to come into America every single year, far too many people, in my opinion. But get in line, wait your turn, and come into America. Your failure to do that means there's going to be a price. In America, when you make a bad decision or you make a risky decision, you have to pay a price for it. Here's our final question, which is one we actually got from a bunch of people. This question is from Carl from Idaho. He says, Charlie, I am floored. My daughter showed me a social media petition graphic with millions of shares and signatures that claim, quote, in 35 states, it's legal for police officers to have sex with unconsenting detainees. First of all, I read this. I said, there's no way this is going to be true. Millions of people shared and signed this claim saying it's true. The, the, the question continues by saying this. For context, my husband is a police officer for over 30 years, and the idea that this is how officers behave is outrageous to us. Can you please debunk the truth here? Thank you. So first of all, rape, which is defined as non-consensual sex, is illegal for everyone in all 50 states. So the outright claim is completely and categorically false. But this all stems, of course, from a shoddy report by BuzzFeed in 2018, and no one should be surprised at that. The article uh, basically put a spotlight on a case in which two New York police officers took turns having sex on a girl who was in their custody. 
They then attached a map with 35 states highlighted, including New York, with a key that read, quote, a nationwide problem. Laws in 35 states allow cops to have sex with someone in their custody. There's an important and deceptive wording decision here that made a de facto reality because of the lack of law banning it. It seems like de jure legal standing holding that police have explicit permission to have sex with people in their custody. Of course, what those officers did was illegal and they were tried and kicked off the police force and put in prison. But just because that specific law doesn't exist does not mean that it is legal for them to do it. What does that mean? Because it wasn't written specifically for police officers in custody not to do that thing. It doesn't mean that 35 states say police officers are allowed to do that thing. It's mental jujitsu and a typical leftist lie, and yet millions of young people are believing this garbage and this nonsense. And because of this, we now have millions of people that think more negatively about police officers, that think that police officers should be defunded, should be regulated, and kicked off the force. One of the most disgusting lies that I have come across. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Please consider supporting our program at charliekirk.com slash support, charliekirk.com slash support. Please email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review, screenshot it, and email us if you want to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. First 15 people that do that win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Get involved with Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com, the nation's largest conservative student organization, over 2,000 high school and college campuses across the country, tpusa.com. Check out our projects, professorwatchlist.org, divestu.com, and chinaoncampus.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless. Talk to you soon. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.